Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. It's great to be back again with you for another week. Uh, thank you for Darren Locke uh, for talking with us last week about self-image and self-esteem. And I'm delighted today that we're, we're talking about a, a really important subject. It's the art of influencing. It's about achieving more through skilled persuasion. Now, a few years ago, I first read a book um, by Robert um, Caldini. Um, it's a landmark book um, about influence, uh, the power of persuasion. Now, if you've not read it and are interested in either becoming better at influencing or wanting to avoid the tactics of people using influence inauthentically, uh, maybe to sell you things that you don't want, then this is a fascinating book and I would uh, recommend that you read it. Now, Influence is about our ability, therefore, to have an effect on others. Now, nothing in the world of great significance has ever really been achieved by one person entirely on their own. So, therefore, influencing skills are quite critical uh, in terms of our success. Uh, you know, in business, they're essential to winning new clients, success at job interviews, influencing the media, building great networking contacts, and building winning teams, building great companies. And if you don't know how to effectively influence people, then you're probably going to have far less luck than those who do. Now, I personally have a belief that influence is important, but it's also important to do it ethically. I, I believe that we should look back on our lives and then be able to enjoy them all over again, having led a good one. Um, I don't like the feeling of being sold a product that I don't want or need. And I think it's pretty disgraceful for people who try to make a book out of you by conning you. But they're using influencing skills but not using them positively if you're one of those people then don't let yourself down make a positive contribution and uh, through your influencing now on this show we're going to therefore look at the art of influencing and share some great ideas that will improve your influencing and enable you to achieve more and i'm delighted to say that we've got two guests today who've experienced great success and are real experts in effective influencing Mariana B. Pesh is calling in from Paris today, and she's the founder of AWDS, a boutique advising and fundraising firm which focuses on alternative investments in Europe and Asia. As such, she serves on the board of several venture capital funds and startups in both regions. 
In the past, she was Global Chief Financial Officer for Shell Aviation, and that's uh, some achievement. I mean, she was only in her mid-30s when she started doing that, and must have taken some very powerful influencing skills. Um, Marianne is currently writing a book for the Financial Times on corporate leadership and is a regular columnist for Global Corporate Venturing, The Independent, and also The Huffington Post. Now, we also have um, Andy Lapata uh, calling in from London, who was an excellent guest last year on this show. If you've not checked out his recording that we did with uh, the founder of Business Networking International, Dr. Ivan Meisner, in the show archive on networking, then do take a listen. Uh, according to the Financial Times, Andy is one of Europe's leading networking strategies. He's been the MD of a major networking business with 2,000 members for eight years in the past. Andy works with companies on how to use networking strategies to develop their businesses. He has a blog in the Huffington Post, quoted regularly in quality business press around the world, three very successful books on networking. And he bravely mentions in his biography that he's a supporter of Charlton Athletic Football Club. And uh, Marianne and many of the show listeners might be thinking, who are they? <laughs> so welcome. Thank, Thank you. you very much for that, Chris. I don't know quite what to say after that. That's <laughs> a bit of pressure. Thank you, Chris. You're very welcome, Marianne and uh, Andy. Uh, Marianne, have you ever heard of Charlton Athletic Football Club? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we have two French players in our team. <laughs> I don't follow football, Andy. You should know by now. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> there you go. So I think maybe what we can start by is is maybe just defining for people influence from your perspective. So maybe I could uh, go with ladies first, Marianne, and ask yeah. you how would you define influence? Uh, I was I was thinking about about that when uh, when I saw the uh, the outline of uh, of the show today, and it's uh, it's a very interesting question and. Um, you know, I came up with this. For me, influences actually make people do what you need or want them to do while they're thinking they're doing it because they want to. So yeah. it's a, you know, influence might sound in my, in my head a little bit more manipulative than it could be, but it's about achieving what you need to achieve by, with the, um, the help of other people that might not have at first, wanting to help you. Right. So you're influencing them to think that they do want to help you, to help you. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's really about, you know, tuning them to, to have them see what it is you want to achieve, make what you want to achieve, talk to them, and, and trigger action from their side. Yeah, because people buy in when it's their idea, don't they? So... More. Well, although I would, uh, I actually do not like the word the word buying because buying means you're forcing it. Mm. I'm more into a, a more a co-creation and understanding than a buy-in. Very good, good. So, Andy, what about your perspective? Well, I think it, it, it's very similar to Marianne's. It's the ability to make people uh, agree with your point of view, uh, and I mean, Chardini puts it very simply: it's the ability to make people say yes. Um, I, I don't think necessarily that they have to be coming from an alternative position initially. They may well be slightly edging towards your point of view. They may be neutral at the time, but you're influencing them towards your way of thinking. Um, and I think that, you know, it's about support. It, it's about getting people's people behind what you want to do. It, it, you know, influence takes all sorts of forms in your introduction you talked about the salesman who will use influence to get people to buy something that they might not like um 
but they will be getting people around to their point of view. They'll be getting people to say yes. Um, and I think fundamentally that's what it comes down to. So it sounds like it's a fundamental skill when it comes to politics. There's a lot to learn in politics about influence, but one thing I'd like to add on uh, on Andy's point is um, in, a, in a relationship with people, you control only 50% of it because you have your own personality, your own value, what you want to achieve, and so has the other person. But influence is entirely up to you how to find the keys to get through to these people and I mean, for me, the best the best result of influence is when you make somebody change their mind mm. on a business topic, on a an issue or anything. When you can, they coming from a complete opposite position, but because you can get through to them through their value, the the, the tangible outcome, the value or the impact on the business, making them say, actually, I see your point and I support you, is the best feeling ever. Yes. Yes. I, I think there's something else that's worth mentioning there as well, and that's, um, I, I think, particularly pertinent in the workplace, whether you are an entrepreneur or whether you work in a large organization, and also, you know, you just mentioned politics uh, very much there. Um, you, you can build influence uh, over a period of time to the point that just because it comes from you, people will listen, so you become an influential person. So where we've defined it so far, we're looking at individual transactions, if you like. But I do think that influence is greater than that. Uh, and sometimes if, if someone specifically says something, we'll listen and we'll believe it just because it comes from them. Uh, a great example of this that is very, very high on the, the public agenda in the UK at the moment is the influence of the media. Uh, so if someone reads... Uh, a particular newspaper uh, or watches, particularly in the States, uh, a specific uh, television channel or cable channel, uh, they, will be, they will be influenced by what they say by um, their, their beliefs that are already in place about uh, how much they can trust that word. Mm. Mm. I would position it slightly differently because, I mean, the media, you know, I again, I am French, uh, so... The media, I take what they say with a, with a bit of a critical eyes, but I, I would say more, it's about credibility. So if you do have credibility, you become a much more influencer because if you've proven that what you say turns to be either valid or adding value or um, having an impact, you can you can build a lot of influence based on it. And I mean, you know, in, 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 in big organizations, there are these big say it's not who you know is who know you knows you, and I think it's really applicable to influence. <clears throat> yes, it's it's um, made me think about you know, the work of Stephen and Arcovi around the speed of trust, and I think in there they talk about you know high trust p people get um, much higher credit in terms of people what people will accept from them. Um, whereas people who are low on trust, people just take everything, as we have a saying in the UK, with a pinch of salt. Yes. Yeah. Great. So I wondered uh, what I mean, Andy. What would you say are the consequences for for business if you if you don't become a skilled influencer? Well, it's quite simple. It, you, you'll find it very very difficult to achieve your objectives. I think if you speak to most successful people in whatever field, um, 
they're, they'll all, in most cases, admit that they they needed other people's help to get to where they've got to. Um, and influence is a key way of getting that help, getting people to support you, the, the word that we used earlier. Um, I, I read a blog of Seth Godin's earlier this week, um, which was really interesting. Uh, it, it was, it's called A Lesson from a Great Architect, if anyone wants to look it up on Seth Godin's blog. Um, but in it he said, do you know what great architects understand? If you don't get it built, the work doesn't matter. Great architects are able to be great because they know how to sell their ideas to their clients or they know how to find clients who will build their ideas. If you're brilliant and undiscovered and underappreciated, then you're being too generous about your definition of brilliant. And I think that really fits with what we're talking about today because you could be absolutely brilliant at what you do. Um, your products or services could be the best in their field. But unless you can influence people to believe in that as well and then take action, as Marianne said, whether that action is to, to buy you your products or services, whether that action is to promote you, to support you, to give you advice, whatever it may be, then it doesn't matter how good you are, you won't make any headway. It's interesting because I have a slightly different opinion. It's not... I mean, for me, you know, what might the consequence be on your on your business if you don't become a skill influencer? It's not make or break for me. It's good to great more. I mean, to, to quote uh, another great book, um, you can be successful with not being a very skilled influencer if you have the best product, if you have uh, the best marketing, if you have, if you're an expert. However, if you want to, if you want to actually multiply your chances to be successful, it is important to become a skill influencer. Yeah. It's, an enhance, it's an enhancement of who you are and your value proposition to others. But taking your own definition, Marianne, where you said that um, influencing is getting people to take action on, that you want them to take, that would include buying from you. So your marketing is an attempt to influence people. So you need to have some level of influence skills to be able to get off the ground. I, I agree with you that influence, greater influencing skills are going to take you to a better level. But by your own definition, you need some level of influencing in order to get people to buy from you or listen to you in the first place. Well, I would say more you need a level of excellence and, and credibility more, of inf more than influencing. Because the default position for me is you've got to try to be the best at, at what it is you do. And then after you enhance with influence. Do you know what I mean? I, I do. I think that the reason I use that Seth Godin blog is because what he said is it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do if no one else believes it, if no one else buys from you. And that's what I think where influence starts to come in. So if we take someone uh, who's very good at their job inside an organization, um, they may be very good at their job, but unless they sell that to other people, they won't get the promotions that they might deserve, that their work might deserve. So yeah. I think we're, we're, we're just sort of coming, we're, we're coming in on the scale of widget manufacturing example. You can be the best at doing widget if nobody knows about your widget. You won't get anywhere, but it's, it's branding more than influence. But your brand influences people. <laughs> I was just saying, don't make it. I have a, a French person and an English person on the phone. That happens quite a bit. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I don't know how many questions you've got playing, Chris. But <laughs> uh, I, 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 we shall, we shall, uh, 
we shall ask as many as we have time for. Yeah. <laughs> what, you, what you did get me thinking about, I was chatting to somebody a few weeks ago, who a lovely person who said, I've got, I've got 11 brilliant products that I've created on my shelf. And I asked the question, well, how many of them have kind of you know, been tested and seen the light of the day? And she said, well, you know, I did, did a workshop on this one. Um, I'm thinking about doing something on that one. And, uh, you know, I think the, the situation there is, what, whether you call it influencing or not, it was about actually... You've got to be um, you've got to be good at uh, at um, taking those from an idea, haven't you, and making them happen. And influence is probably one way to do that. Yeah, and I guess to build on your point, Chris, and, and then I promise we move on to the next question. Is you know, influence should be part and parcel of every of your activity as an entrepreneur. If you want to have the best idea for the best project, who do you need to know, talk to, uh, for them to help? either defining it or making it stronger. Uh, when you want advertising, it's the same thing. Or, or your point, Andy, on marketing, who do you know that could endorse and help you influence? And then on result and execution, it's exactly the same thing. So influence should be kind of like a through line in the business. What do I need? Who do I need? How can I get the help I need and turn people into my way of thinking to make something better and bigger or to be more, achieve more, to, uh, give, to give your tagline? Excellent. Oh, that's a great tagline, that. <laughs> um, we've got a couple of minutes till we go to commercial break, so uh, we'll maybe continue this after the after the break. But, I mean, Marianne, what do you think um, around influencing? Is it manipulation? Because we, we think of the dictators and I mentioned scams and salespeople, people trying to engage you to their way of thinking um, or sell something you might not need. I mean, is, is it manipulation or is it, uh, or is it not? Is it something else? Or is it both? It's interesting because uh, if uh, if some of the people who had the, the great pleasure or the great curse to work with me or for me in the last five years, I used to say, managing people is the sophisticated form of manipulation, and um, and you know influencing is influencing manipulation. There's a bit personally, I would say there's a bit of it in it, but it's where. You know, the, the drawing, the, the, the point or the line is your values. Uh, influencing is trying to make people help you support or do things for you, with you, with the greater good or a positive impact at heart. Mm. Whereas manipulation will be more with a devious purpose. You know, now are you saying, well, when you try to engage to sell, to, to sell something to you, uh, it's borderline because it's not as clear cut as uh, good or bad, uh, but to me, it's still a little bit manipulation. Yeah. Mm. Um, got about a minute, Andy. What's your take on it? Um, well, yeah, potentially, uh, of course, it is. You know, every way we've described it so far, uh, it's up to you. As Marianne said, you know, it's up to you how you use it uh, and whether you use it in an ethical way. Um, uh, one thing I would say in business, if you Continue to, continue to manipulate um, people and, and certainly manipulate in a negative sense, then uh, your ability to influence people over time will diminish because word will spread. Uh, the more, I, I, I really believe, the more that people trust you, the greater your credibility, the greater your influence. And the more that you uh, manipulate people into doing something that fundamentally they don't believe in, then surely over time, uh, the more that uh, influence diminishes. Uh, you also, um, 
sort of mention dictators in there, and I think there's they're, they're they're an interesting uh, case to look at because if you think about how uh, dictators maintain power, they've got two approaches. One is force, and that's not influence. That's uh, it's force. You know, you're forcing people to do things against their will. Um, but if you look at what's happening over in the Middle East over the last year. You, you'll find in each case that there are always a group of people that support the dictator, however um, however tyrannical they may be. And that's because they're influenced by self-interest. Fantastic. We're going to have to go to commercial break now. Uh, but after the break, we'll continue that conversation and we'll look at the different components of effective influencing that we really need to uh, get to grips with. So we'll be back with you again in a couple of minutes. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Booster your business. Come join Jenny B and discover the keys to your success. Each week our program will help you earn more cash and rewards with less effort. You may even be inspired to join the lucrative world of party planning and direct sales. Discover how you can boost bookings, sales, and recruits. Come learn what you need to do to build your team with recognition and rewards. Listen for Booster Your Business with Jenny B. every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper again of BeMoreCheapMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. And I'm talking with um, Andy Lapata and also Marianne um, Abipesh um, about uh, the art of influencing. So um, we were talking before the break about, um, you know, is it manipulation or not? And, and I'm just really interested to ask the uh, question and uh, about, you know, what might be the impact if you misuse your influence rather than use it for for good. So maybe, Andy, you'd like to start us off with that. Well, I think I touched on that, Chris, in the last answer when I talked about uh, the loss of trust. 
if you you know if, if you uh, misuse influence over a period of time word spreads people get to know and people um, talk about it so you lose influence through that I think there's the flip side of that as well I mean that for me is the impact to the influencer they become uh, they find it harder to influence people in the future but there's also the impact on the person being influenced and if they find that they've been led to do something that they inherently don't want to do then that will change their behavior when people try to influence them in future so they'll become more skeptical for example they will take longer to make decisions and you know you could argue that the plus side of that is it will lead to better decision making on their part maybe the negative side would it would lead to more prevarication um but i think you can look at both sides of the equation there any perspectives from you maria Yeah, I, I'd like to make maybe like a more general and uh, historical example. I mean, you know, let's let's look at, at two very extreme ways of using influence and uh, the uh, the Hitler and the Nazis regime in the in the First World War. He had massive influence on masses. He was able, Hitler that is, was able to to find a message that resonated very strongly with the psyche of the German youth at that stage. And look what it got them to do. The, the flip side is like, so, you know, going back to the value, uh, influence without clear and pure value is devastating. On the other hand, look at uh, Lin Kuan Yew and what he's done for Singapore. Great leader, great influencer who had a very positive vision for the country and take them and took Singapore from, uh, you know, a, a little island to the hub of uh, financial wealth in Asia. And, and it's not the end of it yet. It's going to be massively more interesting uh, and important on the map uh, in the coming years. Um, you One could argue that, well, it's a benevolent leader and democracy is not really the his cup of tea, but still his influence on others, on the Malaysian government, on the regulator made Singapore what it is today. So influence for the good is, is really important as well. Um, at the personal level, like what impact can you have? I tend to believe that people work on two core values. One is trust and one is respect. And if you misuse your influence, eventually you lose both trust and respect from other people. So it will, on the long term, put you in a very difficult position for you to achieve any of your business results. Great. And let's, let's move on now to, you know, the key components of effective influencing. And I guess we're getting, you know, getting now to really to how, how, how we can affect, what we need to be aware of and how we can effectively influence. So, you know, Marianne, do you want to continue that, your sort of thoughts? So what, what are your thoughts on the key components of effective influencing? And maybe we can then ask um, Andy and we can have a, a talk in a little bit more detail about uh, several of them. Mm. Um, the key component of influencing for me, uh, I think we, we touched based on it a bit uh, in, the, in the first part, clearly it's value. You need to be very strong on your value and in any situation where you have the opportunity to influence or, the, or not a person, ask yourself the question, why, am I, why do I want to influence this person? Is it for, for a bigger purpose, for a greater or good purpose? Um, I think there's a lot in influencing uh, that comes from emotional intelligence. Again, it's, uh, it's knowing um, what, from the other person's standpoint, what their core value, what their driver, uh, what talks to them, 
where you're going to be able to uh, to create this almost emotional connection for them to to support you in, in what it is you want to do. Um, sensing the environment is important as well. So, you know, understanding when is the time to influence it. There's a huge amount of timing in influencing as well. And, and having a really deep understanding on, of customer, suppliers, or team around you would also help you timing when you're going to influence and not perfectly. Um, and then, I don't know, Andy, do you want to add anything on what I've just said, or do you want me to keep... No, no, I, th I think that's, that there's a lot of good stuff there. I think uh, a lot of my thoughts would, would perhaps overlap with that, but if I... You know, take it from, from, from my angle, if you like, and we can look at where uh, where we, we, we might agree for a change. I would start off and look at, at uh, another sort of phrase that's become um, very prevalent in, in recent times, which is social capital. And I think your social capital uh, is very, very key to your influence, influencing skills. So by that, I mean things like your reputation. You know what what people say about you. You know, Marianne mentioned earlier. It's not what you know. Uh, it's not what you know or who you know. It's who knows you. It's also what they say about you when you're not in the room, and that's really going to impact on your ability to influence. Um, the strength of your network. Are you connected to the right people? Are you connected to in people who are influential in themselves, so they can help you get that message across? Um, and also, and I think this is very much tied in with reputation, is your track record. You know, we talked about that earlier, um, just after we were talking about the media. But this, the second area um, I would look at that's very much tied to social capital is the relationships that you have with that network. Um, I, I would certainly look at trust, uh, the trust that people have in you and your credibility um, in this sense, and Marianne also mentioned the word respect, and I think that that fits very well in terms of the relationships that you have. And then when Marianne was talking about the emotional intelligence side, I think empathy uh, is a very, very key factor uh, in influencing people effectively. So do you understand what motivates other people? The more that you understand what other people want to achieve and what other people will respond to, the, the easier it's going to be to influence them. So it's not all about you. It's about being able to listen to people. It's about being able to ask the right questions. And then it's about to, it's about phrasing your ideas in a way that will resonate with the person you're trying to influence. And then finally, I, I think having common objectives. If, if you want to achieve the same thing as, as someone else, then it's going to be easier to influence them to your way of thinking. Now, uh, for an entrepreneur or business person trying to sell something, this comes into the whole area of not just trying to make the sale, but trying to make the right sale for that person. And, uh, you know, one of the key influencing skills within sales is actually the ability to say, this isn't for you because it's not going to help you achieve what you're setting out to do. And if your customer believes that you've got their best interests at heart, they're going to be more open to listen to you and they're going to be more open to be influenced by you as to what they should do. Um, so I think that even if, you know, when I say common objectives, when you look at sales, that may sound a little bit odd, but actually you can have common objectives with your prospective customer if you want the right thing for them. 
And I think, you know, I, I, there's, um, there's a couple of things that were going through my mind while you were talking, Andy, and, uh, and one that uh, I think is, is, should be big in any entrepreneur's or any corporation agenda is, uh, is the co-creation element and the collaboration element. I mean, we've lived in a world where competition was king of everything, but actually competition does not create most value. What creates the most value is collaboration. So flipping your side on, it's not about influencing, it's about how do I collaborate more? How do I make the other person see eye to eye with me and addressing, as you said, their needs, addressing um, their value, addressing, sensing where they are on, on their own journey, make it extremely powerful as a way of influence. Um, there's another thing, because we've been talking about influencing very generally, almost at, at a macro level, but there is, you know, how do you influence in a meeting? How do you influence in a boardroom? And that is very, very tangible. What do you need to do in the boardroom to influence on the moment? And there's a lot of techniques around like body language, for instance. Being a master in reading people's body language can give you a lot of leeway on influencing them on the, on the moment, on the spot, or changing the energy in the meeting to get to the result you want them to, to, to land on. So we're talking about a lot of, lot of skills, a lot of skills here and uh, a lot of awareness um, and, and some strategies, I guess. If they sort of sum some of those uh, those things up, I mean, how how do how do people best uh, take their influencing to another level? Because there's quite a lot of components to this, isn't there? Any any thoughts on that? Well, I think you start from from you know a lot of what we've been talking about is ask keep asking yourself: Are you uh, are you listening to the other person? Are you focused on yourself? and what you want to achieve before you're thinking about how other people are thinking, getting into their shoes. So that's where I would start. One of the exercises that, that I, I run in a number of my workshops, and I think it's a very interesting one, is trying to get people not to assume that they know what other people think about them. And I, and I always suggest, send, you know, pick up the phone or send out an anonymous survey and ask people you know, questions about them. What do you think of me? You know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? If you can start to understand how other people perceive you and what resonates with them, then you'll A, know where you are on the scale of being able to influence them. And secondly, you'll be better positioned in order to influence your network uh, going forward. But it's, it's important, well, building up on your point, Andy, it's important to know who to influence. And... Uh, you know what I what I would um, what I was doing when I was in my uh, my corporate uh, life was systematically doing a, a stakeholder mapping. So I have a you have a project, uh, and actually it can be applicable to anything uh, personal when you're in a big corporation or when you're an entrepreneur. Look at what it is you want to achieve, and look at who who are the stakeholders and try to be as broad as possible in your stakeholder definition. It can be people who's gonna ha who are going to be impacted by your decision. It can be people who actually have a decision-making uh, element in your decision. It can be people who can have a, a I don't know, an emotional impact on, on what you do or what, they, or what you do would have an emotional impact on them. Try to really be broad on that and, and um, analyze and categorize them under 
two angles, power and influence and interest. Looking at those two angles will help you very quickly identify who it is you need to influence and then you can work on influencing them more adequately with different strategy. So knowing who your stakeholders are and helping you defining how you're going to influence them is key for me. Can, can I just add to that that I think that for a number of people listening, um, a lot of what we're talking about might sound like hard work, but what we're actually doing is taking something that the people who are good at this do naturally and just breaking it down. Um, so once you start to understand the, 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 the mindset and the way of thinking, a lot of this stuff becomes natural. It's just about training, you way, training yourself to think in that way in the first place. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can, you can boil it down to, to one question. Well, two, actually. One is, instead of, instead of thinking, what can they do for me, ask yourself the question, how, what can I do for them? Yeah. And the second is, what would they see me if I do that for them? How would they see me, sorry, if I do that for them? So it's the action, what can I do for them? And it's also the perception. If you have those two filters in any of the decision, without, in no time, you'll become a much better influencer. It's interesting, actually, because my, my last blog for the Huffington Post, which uh, went up early this week, um, was all about the root of the word deserve, because a lot of people might complain, I'm not getting the support that I deserve, I'm not getting the introductions that I deserve. And the root of the, the word deserve is from Latin, um, and then from the 13th century on in French, um, is to, to be of service, um, to help other people. Um, and I think we, we sometimes lose that. You know, we're talking about how to get other people to help you. Uh, and picking up on Marianne's point just now, we start from the position of deserving that by being of service to them first. Yeah. And it goes back to building relationship. It goes back to building trust. It goes back to building respect. I mean, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, when, when you start having those self-questioning moments or what do I need to do to make my business more successful, you're going to get into a really deep self-awareness session and everything is going to be like a big jigsaw coming to play. How you build rapport, uh, how you build your credibility, how you execute, how you think about long-term, short-term, and how do you influence. It's all a big one, you know, I don't know how to say that in, in English anymore. It's, um, it's this big picture that you need to draw, but finding a point of reference will make you reassess the entire picture. Mm. Does it make sense or it's confusing? Andy, tell me. No, it makes, it makes perfect sense to me. Okay, Chris, then tell me, does it make sense to you? I think it makes, I think it makes sense, and I think um, people might want to get the real handle on that as well. People might want to listen back and uh, and, and absorb that because I think what you said there was uh, was, was very, very relevant. And, and I think um, what I also was thinking, listening back, was if, um, that conversation that we had on on our last interview, Andy, about networking. You know, yeah. um, I, Ivan said that givers gain, yes. um, you know, the, the law of reciprocity and yeah. give to receive and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually coming from that standpoint is a, a very 
powerful place to come from as opposed to what I've seen. I remember my days when I was training salespeople and I still sometimes sometimes do and, and being with a, at a call with the salesperson he's saying, well, I want to make £10,000 out of this call. You think yeah. you've not even been in there. You don't even know what they need. Yeah. Can, can I just pick up on one thing there, Chris? You said give to receive. Uh, I think it's very important to say that, yes, if you want to receive, you need to give first. But don't give with the expectation of reciprocity straight away or from the same person. <clears throat> I, I might have shared one of my favorite quotes with you in the, the call with Ivan, um, which was, uh, blessed is he who gives without remembering uh, and receives without forgetting. Yeah. And, and I think if you want to build influence, one key way you can do that is to be seen as someone who is always giving without agenda. Yeah, I, you know, I, I call that unattached reciprocity. Mm. Yes. It's exactly this. It's unattached reciprocity. It's how you build influence. And as a good uh, CFO that I once were, was aware, uh, think in terms of balance sheet, right? Before being, before having liabilities, you need to have assets. So, you know, bring your assets in first, give, and then eventually you will receive. Very nice indeed. And a, and a perfect time to move into the, uh, the final commercial break today, and we'll be back with you uh, continuing this conversation and finding out next about how gender might influence, um, might affect influencing. So we'll have a short break, and we should be back with you in a couple of minutes. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are looking for both an inside and insightful look at what you're not seeing in media coverage of today's legal, business, and policy battles, tune into In the Court of Public Opinion with host Jim Haggerty. What happens in the public arena affects us all. Whether you're following the latest high-profile court case, corporate crisis, or are just interested in government and policy, be sure to tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. The witnesses are ready and the jury seated. So join us for our next session in the Court of Public Opinion. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. 
Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchievedMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. My, my guest wanted me to point out that the telephone ring in the, in the background earlier on was actually mine. So I do apologize for that. And, uh, and to the customer, I probably left um, hanging on there earlier. So, um, Marianne, let's, uh, let's ask, answer that gender question. I mean, is there a difference when it comes to influencing um, with the different genders? I mean, do we have to behave differently with different uh, genders? I thought Andy wanted to go first on this question. <laughs> Ladies first, Marianne, as you insisted. <laughs> okay. um, we, are, we women are natural at influencing, <laughs> obviously. Um, does gender make a difference when influencing? Personally, in, in, a, in a business context, I'm, I'm very careful not to think in terms of gender. Um, because I, I believe um, it's about the individual. It's about who you are as an individual and who are, what are your strengths, your skills, and your area for development more, more than a gender thing. I would say that um, I personally believe people who have a higher level of self-awareness and a higher level of empathy are going to be better at influencing and not to stereotype, maybe women would be a little bit more better at it, but, you know, it really depends. I've seen in my career corporate and outside of corporate women who had very, very, very low level of empathy. So um, to me, it's more about empathy and being able to read the others. So gender doesn't really get much into play. Okay. <clears throat> Any any thoughts from you, Andy? Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with Marianne that the, the skills that we've talked about um, tend to be seen uh, as more feminine than masculine. Um, so the areas like empathy, uh, the, 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 the relationships that I talked about, building trust, um, women tend on the whole to be more relational in the way they approach people than men who are transactional. So men will go straight to the point, which isn't always the best way to influence um, whereas women will build the relationship get the trust and get people who want to help them I think if you look at the way and I am generalizing um, but if you look at the way that men and women tend to be different in the way they interact with people where women will struggle a little bit more is um, that men will ask for what they want and will be more focused on on our own agenda than women women will often tend to be um, so a key part, if you're going to influence people, is at some point you've got to have the courage to get them around to your point of view. You've got to be able to ask for their support, ask for their help, ask for the sale. Men tend to be better than that, or it's a more masculine um, skill, shall we say. Um, I think there's, there's one other interesting thing here, and that's the starting point. Um, if you take a woman in business or a man in business, it may well be that, certainly among other men, uh, and shall we say chauvinistic men, um, a woman will have a harder job to influence because they will have much further to go to win their respect first, particularly a younger woman, um, than, than, than a man will do. And, and I wonder how much that affects it. And, you know, Marianne was in a very senior role in a big organisation at a young age, so uh, may well be in a better position to well, you know, comment on that than I am. Well, actually, you know, it's funny you're saying that because I've been described most of the time as an American guy in a, in a French female body. 
<laughs> so no, um, I was pretty, you know, testosterone driven, and I always had the reputation of uh, saying what I wanted and trying to get what I wanted. Um, so that's why for me, the gender, if I apply it to myself, is a little bit difficult. Yes, inherently, women are more nurturing, and yes, you're gonna have a more ability. Well, an inclination to ask what you need and and to build more collaborative ways of, of, of uh, working. But one of, um, one of my role models to um, influencing was um, a, a gentleman called Richard Jory. And when I was in, uh, in aviation, in, in Shell, he was the head of uh, the uh, Middle East and Africa region. Mm. And this person was the smoothest operator I've ever seen in any situation, he would diffuse tension, he would build a relationship very quickly, and we, he would get people to do anything he wanted them to do. And, and he was a, a guy, right? So I spent time with him asking, how do you do that, Richard? Because this is fantastic. And he boiled down to a couple of things. He said, you know, take your ego out of the equation. It's not a competition. Think long term. You know, you might, you know, you want to influence, think long term, give and give in to better build relationship. And third, think about how it would make you feel if somebody was treating you this way. And I thought it was a great point that I, I took on board and then I, uh, I kind of lost my reputation of being uh, very driven and very male-like while by doing this, you know. So can, can I ask you a question then, Marianne? Would you say, because I think this is a big issue in the, in the UK at the moment, um, from what you said, would you say that it's going to be easier for a woman uh, to influence if she takes on masculine traits? Mm. Actually, you know, I would say it's easier for a woman to influence if she differentiates. And differentiation means when people are going to, I mean, it's differentiation and, and being uh, unexpected. Right when you are not behaving the way that the other people was expecting you to behave, you can create influence. And when you differentiating is you thinking and you are demonstrating something that the other wouldn't have thought of, helps really. I don't know okay. if I'm answering your question, but but I think it's very interesting because you're raising a whole new point here. And that is, we're talking very generally about how you influence people, but one thing that perhaps we've missed out is that, uh, I think we've touched on, but, but maybe not stressed enough until this point, is that different people will be influenced in different ways, and you need to be awake to that, and, and it's not, you know, one action catch, catches all. No. And I guess that's why the point, you know, my fundamental point on influence is knowing yourself and knowing the other person. It's just like leadership, right? You're going to take a gazillion of tests on finding which kind of leader you are, but the real truth of the matter in leadership is being able to adjust your leadership style to the situation. Exact yeah. same thing with influence. Know the other person and know with some people you're going to have to... Um, you know the best example? Go watch 12 Angry Men. Yeah, yes. The C.D. Lamed film, right? Film, yeah. This is fantastic. On influence, that's the best example of influence ever. Henry Fonda, over the course of the movie, get to understand the driver every of the jury and turn them in two hours. It's a fantastic movie. Great. Well, I'm going to I'm going to step in now because we've only got a 
you know, sort of a few minutes left um, before the end of the interview. And I, I wanted to um, ask you, I, mean, we, I mentioned in the intro, we've mentioned Caldini's book um, around influence. And from his research, he described a number of what he described as weapons of influence. And we've talked about the first one was reciprocation. And we've talked about that, um, that giving to receive. And, uh, and Andy, you made the very valid point about, you know, we, we may not know, uh, we don't, we don't give with any um, expectation that we're going to receive. Um, it's, it's an authentic thing. Um, the second point was about you know, commitment and, and consistency and the commitment about actually once people have maybe bought a, something from you, um, they're going to feel more loyal to you and actually um, will want to justify their decision to others. <clears throat> and then the next one was social proof. And um, social proof was, I think, a point you started to uh, tease out, Andy, which was about you know, the, the use of maybe celebrities or you know, bringing somebody into a situation who's maybe got a bit more influence than you, bringing in your boss or, um, or endorsing a product with uh, a movie actor or, or something like that. Um, liking was about being like, it thought was liking about being likable. And then one of the things we could maybe discuss, which is a tactic that I see a lot of people using is this, this point of scarcity about, you know, limited time offers. Um, you know, you, if you, if you purchase in 20, within 24 hours, uh, today, because you've only got so many products left, uh, then you'll get it at this price versus another. I mean, how, um, how authentic are those, is that sort of a tactic? when you're an entrepreneur and running a business and we've got literally about two minutes to answer. Well, I, th I think, first of all, there is a seventh um, weapon of influence. And I think it's a very important one that I mentioned earlier that Cialdini says at the start of the book, he says it's so obvious I'm not going to talk about it, but I want to mention it here. And that's self-interest. Mm -hmm. I think you motivate people by their, their own self-interest. Um, and I think it's important to mention that. You, you talked about social proof, and you talked about using actors and so on, and a lot of businesses do that, but there's social proof has taken a huge leap since uh, since the power of persuasion was written uh, through through social media, um, and I think that has a huge impact uh, on influence and the way we look at it. It's not just about famous people saying they like what you do. It's about everyone saying they like what you do. And, and I think a classic example of websites like Expedia um, and TripAdvisor and Amazon, which are based on reviews and based on social proof to influence purchases. So yesterday, I bought a book because someone I, uh, I, I respect in my network tweeted through his Kindle that he was buying it. It helped that I knew the author and I was interested in the topic, but that influenced me. So I think those are important to mention in terms of scarcity. For me, for a lot of people, if I look at the, the, the six weapons you've talked about, it's probably the least important in my armory. I think it is a sales technique, but people have become conditioned to see through that these days. Mm. It, it still has a role, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's the, the one I'll jump to first. Uh, it's one to be very aware of, though, isn't it? That yeah. people oh, definitely. That has a tactic on yeah. you. Definitely, but I think you have to be very careful how you use it. Mm. Limited time offers, um, they do work, um, and in the book, it shows how they work very effectively, but I think people have become much more uh, open to them now, uh, and, and they're, they're very much more sceptical of them. Yeah, okay, good, good. And uh, Marianne, you've got about a minute to uh, share your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm going to be like, first of all, it's interesting because the title is Psychology of Persuasion, and persuasion for me is above and beyond influence because there's an element of coerciveness in persuasion in, in, my, in my psyche. Um, 
I, I would say, you know, um, the world is changing so rapidly. Social media is like has completely changed the name of the game. So I think it's very dangerous nowadays to say, well, there's a recipe for this. Because, you know, talking, influencing a, a baby boomer is completely different from in, influencing a Gen Y or a millennial or whatever they're called these days, you know. Um, so categorization, I know it helps uh, getting people to, to, to buy books, but what I would say is look within yourself and look within the other. What it is you need to do to make them do what you want them or what you need them to do. And um, yes, there is a reciprocation, but there's also a lot about sharing and, and value that I, I don't see in here, you know. Okay, great. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave, um, leave uh, you at that point. I'd like to say a, a huge... Thank you to both of you. I think it's been a fascinating show. Hope you've enjoyed being on today. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it was really good. Thanks, Andy. And, uh, and uh, well done, and uh, enjoyed the uh, uh, the banter between the two of you. Um, a real good English French exchange. <laughs> we do like each other. Well, right? uh, you know, I'll see. We'll see you at the Euro Cup when France is going to crush the English. <laughs> <laughs> I think Andy and I may be taking sides on that one. I think there's a big assumption on both cases there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's dream a bit, right? We'll achieve more. <laughs> so to find out about Marianne, you can visit her blog at. Um, uh, www.marianne that's m-a-r-i-a-n-n-e dot h-k and I'm sure she wants me to say that she's got a, a book coming out this year being published by the Times on leadership um, yeah, and there's a, there is a, a chapter 8 is specifically on the art of influencing fantastic. and Andy, Andy actually contributed to the book as well so great, great. Uh, in January please look for me on the, on the internet because it's going to be on Amazon as well okay. and, um, and you'll see it Thank you, Marianne. And Andy Lepata, uh, lepata.co.uk, Andy's three books on Amazon as well. And um, I'd just like to say thank you very much. And the show next week on the 29th of June will be with Richard McCann. It's, um, it's about an I can attitude. Richard is an incredible person. Um, unfortunately, um, his, his, he had a terrible, terrible childhood. A BBC film was made about it, but he's absolutely transformed his life around and is, a, is an amazing author and speaker. So don't miss that show. Um, thanks again to our guests, and I look forward to speaking to you all again next week. And do um, to find out more about the shows, just um, uh, subscribe to my newsletter at bemoreachievemore.com, and I'll keep you updated on what's coming next. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful week. We thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week.